So, welcome everyone to a first episode of Love Unites Humanity, the Lost Under Heaven podcast. Here we are, we're at, um, we're at home, it's a Sunday, and uh, yeah, we thought we would start things off by having a conversation just around what we've been up to for the past couple of years. Who we are. Who we are, yeah. For the ones that don't know. Well, of course, the ones that may be out there who've never heard of Lost Under. Well, there's always new people that discover. You gotta who believe you are. it. You gotta believe it. So yes, yeah, so, uh, introductory kind of conversation, and um, yeah. So let's start here. Who are you, Ebony Horn? I am one half of Lost Under Heaven, and I sing, and sometimes play bass. I have a visual arts background and I am a group sound therapist. Besides that, I express myself through poetry, um, love to dive into artistic research, which focuses all around the journey of consciousness, consciousness itself. Consciousness itself. And who are you? <laughs> well, my name is Ellery James Roberts and um, a songwriter, a singer. I've been fortunate enough to be able to hustle my way along these years doing what I love, which is expressing myself um, through song. In recent years, I've become more interested in myth. Um, yeah, the myths, the stories that uh, define us, that curate our lives. And um, yeah, I mean, also poetry, I feel, is kind of the lens in which I approach the world um, a poetic eye something I kind of hold dear to in those uh, terms of identification um, and yeah we've been working together we are in a relationship uh, we have been in a relationship for over 10 years and we've been making Lost Under Heaven for I think we started in 2014. Quite a lot of those years. Well, there's a, so there's several dates. There's the mythological date, which is the 21st of December, 2012, which is the moment uh, that we are together in Amsterdam. Yeah. But then, like, working together. Yeah, where the, right. Uh, fully the fledged idea, not when, business. When the, when the partnership <laughs> formed, when we signed the dotted well, line. This is the Capricorn talking. Um, business what do we create? What do we create? <laughs> well, we create music. Yeah, our main focus has been music. Records. And I would say we've been venturing into filmmaking as well. Like we've directed a lot of our visuals, mm -hmm. um, graphic design, mm. the whole kind of like visual aspect of how we express. Yeah, ourselves. I mean, it's the uh, the part of me that likes to flaunt itself pretentiously likes to think about talk about the uh, total art the total art the uh, the great work that involves sound vision taste touch smell uh, a sensory experience and and that's the way i i kind of um like to think about what we're creating with lost under heaven is this immersive world um that is again, a, a perspective upon the world that we live in. And I think this is why we want to make this podcast is to create a space where we discuss and we uh, dive into the themes, the ideas that we try and 
expressing the music that on one level you can just listen to a song and that's the beautiful thing about music is it just hits you and you don't need context you just feel that response particularly the music we make is uh for me is a big part of emotional processing you know i don't really know how i feel about a song until months later because it's just expressed something there's a kind of emergence a novelty of that of that um but what am i saying yeah the podcast has been this opportunity where we we can um open up ourselves more as well and talk about the ideas that inspire the work in like long form so anyone who would be interested in that can join us on that journey yes it's an offering to those that are interested as all as always um so let's uh regard the notes what have we been up to for the past few years so we can start for those that may not know our our music our our work previously we've released two records uh spiritual songs for lovers to sing in 2016 and love hates what you become in 2019 yeah. um So those two records were released on Mute Records, a London-based label. And in the end of 2019, we made the uh, mutual, amical decision to leave Mute and, and go, go our a, separate way. Yeah, Embark on a independent route. But taking kind of like, I think we're both uh, very adventurous souls. And seeing how quickly kind of like the technological innovations change the landscape of how to share your music as an artist, uh, communicate with the people that appreciate your work. And there's just a sense of quickness that's appearing. Mm -hmm. And to just take full control of our kind of like destiny with our creative journey. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, it's not to say... Um, we have a dogmatic approach of how we want to want to uh, create and release music. I think we just were feeling a little frustrated and a little sense of limitation with the situation and experiences we've had. And we've always kind of had this feeling where we, we feel placeless within the music industry. Um, you know, I, I always say maybe it's through my own ignorance, but I'm not very aware of our peers I feel like there's a, a, a the people that I look look to are outside of music and within the music industry it it just feels very like stagnant and stagnating and and it's something we've wanted to explore uh different possibilities different potentials so wiping that slate clean felt like the beginning of something new we had several plans that then the moment of the pandemic kind of uh knocked back our plans there was this initial uh, web series that we were developing um which was going to be video and uh storytelling small content but that kind of got the funding was there and then disappeared in the midst of the pandemic uh moment uh so we were kind of left in uh a, a moment of uh what would you say how do you characterize that moment In introspection 2020 um, introspection you, you could imagine sure. yourself uh, this is what i do i imagine myself to be a little boat that just ha has yachty. to readjust its course because it ventured off its initial kind of like 
route. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just kind of like asking yourself the questions. Is this still making me feel excited about the things I do? Is this still the right journey for me to take? Or do I have to make small changes that bring more inner fulfillment? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not a person that wants to do things the cookie cutter way. I never have been. And I like to challenge myself on a creative level and just an innovative level. And I mm. think that's where we find ourselves right now. I think also, as you were talking then, I was realizing that everything I was saying was the surface level of what we were doing. From on my own experience, um, there was, you know, it can be uh, perhaps framed within the, the Saturn return moment um that i had been going through by it was experiencing on a inner level a very um uprooting and a great churning and essentially a a, a maybe a overdue death of an adolescent identity that i hadn't fully um transformed or transmuted and yeah a difficult period of time uh a return of uh, depression and a, just a, a heavy sense of existence and many other things, you know, sense of failure, sense of um, lack of clarity of what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be in this world. Um, so this all kind of coincided with the moment of let's just go and it's almost like you just cut cut your tethers and see what happens. And I always have tiny little bit of I don't know if it's a recklessness but it's like you make the action and then you see what those ripples bring up and respond to them so all that said and this is stuff that perhaps we'll get into deeper on subsequent podcasts we're kind of keeping this as a top level overview Um, so we like in in that period we decided to start a patron and kind of like mm-hmm. from that moment until now, we managed to build a really nice, engaging community. It just made even the sense of like the value you get from just the kind of like relational yeah. interaction. I mean, there's that first sense of necessity that we were as many without a source of income during those moments of 2020, 21. Um, so starting the patron brought in a uh, revenue stream that we were able to invest into making new music. We were recording a lot at home, but opened up the possibility of going into a studio. And, and in the, the way that we would uh, jam and uh, improvise together in the mornings at home, new songs started to emerge and a new a new work, which has become this record, which we are... Uh, on the precipice of releasing into the world um, started to come into being. And, and uh, yeah, as you say, that community, I think really informed like a, a different mentality, a different approach and a, a, a more open sharing approach, which we have. Yes. And I think it also brought a clarity on how to move forward because for both of us, that community plays a big role. I think we get a lot of energy and just, yeah, energy out of it. Yeah. To fuel or next. Well, for me, the most fulfillment I've found is like a sense of connection. When I 
express when I release music, when I create things, it's always that yearning for connection, that reaching across the void. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's move forwards in the story. So in the process of creating the new work and reflecting on the next steps that we would take, inevitably there was a, a moment where we looked back at uh, when we first started Lost Under Heaven, the initial idea to collaborate and the desire to collaborate um, in Amsterdam where I had moved to live with Ebony who was studying in the art school, uh, where, which is where the idea for Le initially started in a in a perhaps quite art school way as a conceptual lifestyle brand. Um, and we dug out this uh, manifesto that we the wrote. The first at, manifesto ever. That we wrote at this time, which I remember you presented in some kind of like group show on a on a teleprompter i mean with there was a sort of a playfulness a kind of uh uh, tongue-in-cheekness but also when reading back over this there's a lot of the essence of what we still um are exploring but spoken in much more dramatic terms Ebony's going to uh, read a little of it. Yeah, just before I start reading it, I also want to say something about that creative process. Like, you might write something as a beginning of when you start a project and you leave this kind of like trail of crumbs and a few years later you look at it and all these crumbs start to fall kind of like together. The pieces of the puzzle just create this whole image and it's like, wow. I can I can see it now and I now know how to kind of like give this mm. idea more life and energy and I know how to express it. I feel like we've always had quite a clear vision of what we wanted to create with Lost Under Heaven. Very big. Yeah, I mean, it almost like the, the, the grandio- grandiosity of the vision has been the challenge of, of keeping up there. And it's not that we got sidetracked. I love the records that we've made, but I feel that there was suddenly a moment where this initial conception became I, I don't know it felt like the 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 there was that phrase it's like you you didn't achieve the vision you just made the vision small it's like it became something other and then in this period we've been essentially recharting our course on creating that vision that life and i think the fact that we called it a lifestyle brand also is always it's like for me it's cultivating a way of being in the world which is a lifestyle you know. Yeah, and creativity for us is very tied into a way of living, a way of existing. And for me personally, from my perspective, this feels like the beginning of how it was always intended. Like the previous, obviously that that had its way uh, place in the world as well. But it, it felt like almost we we ex we shared the experimentation of what it... There were forms, but it wasn't really fully formed into its full being. And now there is a clarity. And that's why it feels like there's a whole new energy and a fresh kind of like start. All right. Thunderclaps. It's a dark dawn. The sun is rising. And a voice booms from the heavens. A universal shift is overtaking us. It is not a new political, religious or economic system. It is a new mind, a turnabout in consciousness, a worldwide wave 
breaking across this new sky. As two wolves, Le looks to the moon whilst the crayfish crawls into the light. The promise of a good life through material consumption has left an omnipresent void in the heart of man. As a lifestyle brand, Le aims to fine-tune the mind and body, revealing a level of being that is suffocated under the commercialized surface celebrated by the mass media. Le sees in black and white, projecting danger and majesty upon the lifeless technicolor of modernity, laying in the honest spontaneity of instincts, with an empty belly and the eyes of an aesthetic disregarding all conceptual excuse for dated ego structures. Le hates what you have become. Le holds the condition of humanity as its subject and inspiration. Working to create a different kind of existence based on a vastly enlarged concept of human potential. Whereas a traditional lifestyle brand focuses upon name and exclusivity, Le aims for a collective consciousness, breaking through old limits and past fears towards the possibility for individuals to connect to others in a meaningful way. Le looks to the whole. I am nothing. You are nothing. We are everything. Boom. Mic drop. Yeah, so, I mean, it was all in there from the, from the outset. Yeah, I think also what's very present in its piece of text is or... Uh, we have a very kind of like spiritual drive or drive to know the self and to know the self you then understand the other, understand the world better or see how the wor world works in that sense. Mm. Which is all part of the journey. I mean, is that is the, the true work, the great work. Um, the The life that we're living, the creativity that we're producing along the way For me, it always just feels like... Um, Wants to challenge something a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is the, uh, it's like the, the technique, it's the practice. It's the practice to move you through the process, that churning. Because I believe art has the power to be very transformative. Mm. It has the power to hold beauty, but it also can be very transformative. I mean, it's... It's an interesting one. I agree as an artist, as someone who pursues creativity, but I feel it's so much in the inspiration. The true transformation that I've experienced has essentially happened in the stillness and in the relationship with others. You know, it's yeah. like the, the, the arts has always inspired the sense of possibility, that sense of potential that there is something to become. Yes. Transformation is possible. Transmutation, transfiguration is But possible. I think what I mean is, like, let's say, when I listen to a song, it works on me. It's the same as when I watch a film, it leaves a certain impression. And that is all different to depending what you're going through or what I am going through. But it leaves that impression to kind of like do its work almost kind of like on an unseen level. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really love, because for you, that song carries meaning. But then when I sing it, for example, it, it has such a different 
meaning because of my relationship to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this also brings me back to thinking that lust under heaven, the impulse is almost addressing this sense of a meaning crisis, a crisis of meaning that many have talked about and that the, you know, particularly in, in this uh, normative Western world that we experience, there's a certain sense of soullessness um, and perhaps a secular culture that is filling the void of meaning with consumption, with hedonism. Well, with stuff outside of ourselves, mm, perhaps. Mm, mm. And when we started Lost Under Heaven, it was very much the feeling of being within that, you know, a, a seeker of meaning. Um, the, this phrase, the great longing uh, that I have tattooed on my hand is uh, from a poem by Cahill Gibran. Um, but we also uh, named a song, The Great Longing. But for me, that great longing, that yearning, um, it's it's always been present in my life. And I'd characterize it now in in with years of reflection to that particular early moments of you know teenage years early 20s of just this sense of this can't be it like this this life that I'm shown that I'm experiencing uh you know I had the kind of unique and strange experience of being in a a hype band that toured the world when I was 19 20 21 and on the surface what people regard would regard as success just felt so hollow and so unfulfilling and sure there's many reasons for that but the thing that underlined it was just this yearning for something deeper something realer and i think actually um, our first records were very much inspired from that sense of feeling the alienation Mm. because we both felt that intensely and that's how we connected but we had this romantic idea to run away from the world and sail away Sail to away. sail away, <laughs> sail away from this time's darkness. And this neck, this this new record, just has a complete different energy because we've had big perspective shifts happening within ourselves, within mm. our work, within our relationship, within mm. our understanding of mm. just the experience of life. But yeah, know, I mean to speak on that um, this period since the last record, twenty nineteen, so twenty, sort of the past four years almost five years has just been that churning of perspective shifts it's almost that complete dissolution of all that you construct had previously constructed as your sense of reality truth identity and bit by bit it just collapsing in on itself and and the real introspection the real work begins and within that certain moments of revelation kind of um I love this phrase of the the numinous glimpse, the numinous experience, fleeting perhaps, but a sense that there is, uh, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. And yeah, so for for both of us, I feel we're coming at things from a very different perspective than we once held. And within that is, for me... um, No, I don't want to talk about that now. I cut that there. So do you want to, like, because the name Lost Under Heaven, for me, always carried a lot of symbolism. 
and we often got many questions around the kind of like meaning of it so I like to share both our perspectives because through conversation each one of us always adds something different to it mm. like it holds a kind of like collective understanding but then there's the individual mm. meaning to mm. it well if I was to start the words that have always felt uh, impactful, the lost, that sense of being lost, within it suggests that there was once something that you had that had become lost. And again, this ties with um, something that I've been reading and reflecting into more so in the past kind of 18 months than I had previously kind of dismissed, but this, the myth of the fall, and that there was once a state of being that humanity had and you know you can read myths on uh you know the curse of the curse of uh, humanity i think is literalism reading things on mythological levels doesn't necessarily mean they're not true they're true in a in a different way um so yes yeah, so the fall that we have lost something we are a species with amnesia I've heard it said, you know, that there there was something once and we've fallen from that and we are now experiencing the confusion of navigating this world without a uh, clarity of who we are, what yeah, we're we doing, forgot, our purpose. Forgot the truth of our being. Forgot the truth of our being. And then heaven following that, of course, is um, from the heavens above us, the starry night sky, the vastness, the mystery. Um, and then also, and this again is probably something we would like to spend more time focused in talking on, but the sense of kingdom consciousness, a state of being, Eden consciousness, that, you know, it's not a physical place, it's not even a other place, a place beyond, it is in the here and now, in the way that you relate to the world, can we say, so that's, um, you know, what I'll say on it for today. I'd like to just add something to what you said about heaven and the vast sky above. But as as they say, as above, so below, as without, so within. For me, symbolically, that heaven almost is the map of our inner being as well. Mm. So it's like, it has this double meaning of like being lost within your own being. Mm. Mm. Lo- like lost trying to remember being in an internal quest to mm. and that kind of the archetypal map in the heavens um for an astrological lens is something that's been useful for both of us on our kind of journey of uh comprehension and learning um maybe more so for you ebony but i i've gained some insight as the saturn return as i spoke a little to earlier kind yeah. of pointed me i mean it helped me a lot to see the wholeness of my being but perhaps we can save that for the second episode yeehaw so for the meaning of symbology of the name i actually wrote a little poem a poem from (laughs) ebony horn how are we so lucky as i looked up into the sky for answers a sudden realization came to me a wandering soul is that not what we are lost In search of something yet to be found, or perhaps remembered. Reality, a symbol of heaven above, 
to be lost under thy heavens, lost in Maya's illusion, confused, unable to understand. But this is not a bad thing, for something is awakening, a memory of our true being, drawing us within as we look up to the sky. As above, so below, as without, so within, lost under heaven, a pilgrimage we travel, together, with a longing for deeper connection, a search for wisdom, a search for becoming, deconstructing what was once known. But there's no map, no fixed path. We must make our own way, not following others, and rise from the half-sleep of existence, a call to live life to its fullest, from our authentic being. Something has awakened in me, something is unfolding, announced by my life. I thought I was in search of something, but realized it was already within me. And so I moved through life with understanding on this collective pilgrimage into the depths of ourselves. That's just a little little writing I wanted to share with you all. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's another uh, mic drop. Speechless. How to respond. Um, yeah, so the note that I have um, was around uh, this notion of individuation or coming into wholeness, the fullness of self. The authentic being. Of the authentic being. Um, which is remembering to remember what you have always been. This framing I found quite interesting again is that there's part of me that's always had and it's kind of manifested in many different ways, a sense of deja vu, a kind of unspoken spooky sense of destiny or as if I know how life is panning out, uh, inevitability. And, you know, the, lots of people have lots of different opinions on this kind of stuff. And I, 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 all I can say is I experience it in a very visceral, intimate way, like it is something I hold as truthful and do not dismiss. I'm saying all this to say that that sense of potential of this vision of who I could become is also experienced as a sense of who I actually am. Yes. And the, you know, the, the, the neurosis and the complexes that I've learned through the experience, essentially the voice of the ego, the inner critic, or the conditioning that I've embodied in my lifetime, the work has been, you know, shadow boxing with that um, and coming into a place of relation with that that is... Uh, is useful um so that's uh something that i you know put on the smorgasbord of ideas that we're yeah i think back we're just very conditioned to think of ourselves as imperfect mm. and that we're always oh i need to do this in order to feel better or to be the how i should be but kind of like i've come to the realization that it's i are it's already enough mm. Mm. and i think you know, that I have some apprehension, say, about 
doing this podcast even and they always come to being like oh i'm not going to say the things that i need to say i'm not going to express myself the way i want to express myself so perhaps the reason for this podcast for both of us because that's the point where you have the ego chatting and it's just like i just want to let go of perfectionism mm. i want to let go of this i want to let go of that and only by doing that is just by doing it to as soon as i feel fear coming up i know it is not my true self and i sit with it write on it let go of it and just surrender into the moment and say no stop this mm. i do not want to be stopped by this stuff anymore mm. the thing i'm also thinking about is f i've spent a lot of the past few years quite um hermetically sealed within our house kind of cut off and i feel like i've not really been in conversation i've barely even speak to my friends you know and there's a certain level of like enactment there's, there's a lot of thoughts and a lot of experiences that i've kind of um sat with and what's the word integrated but i don't really know how they have seeped into my self into my being until i start talking until i start responding to a situation so i start being in conversation and you know so having these conversations with you inviting other people into the conversation is a real um yeah is creating those opportunities to go out and do our do our thing and represent what we are authentically and embracing the fact of imperfections as you say like yes. you know i wrote that thing about perfectionism procrastination in the summer um the whole release of this record we're going to see what happens and there's no right way in which it should be done we're going to try yeah. things that we think will work maybe letting, they won't letting but. go of many attachments of of outcomes and just going with it going with the flow and most importantly having fun mm. i am welcoming big amounts of fun into my life <laughs> <laughs> An abundance of joy yes. is coming your way. Have deep belly laughter. Yeah, we need to, you know, get a funny, um, like. Um, yes, if anyone has an idea for a guest on our kind of like podcast that guest. brings yeah. that energy, we we'll have to think about. We just need like I a flavor, flavor hype man that makes us laugh yeah. in between, in between. <laughs> profound statements yeah and no, going back to like inviting other people onto our shows i i always like to remember that the others act like mirrors so as long as we sit and are able to listen to everyone that comes into our lives we can learn so much even just speaking to friends we get such a great understanding of the multiplicity of experiences and per perspectives that are present within the world and kind of like honoring that honoring so, i honor you and your differences also appreciating that some Appreci yeah. are very dirty dull funhouse mirrors that are not exactly yes. crystal clear representations i mean the infinite is infinite it will express itself in infinite ways the funhouse mirror show <laughs> Um, so I wanted to ask you, Ebony, because sometimes people have sent us messages and uh, it's not really a critique, it's just more of an inquiry, but a lot of what we talk about, spirituality, it's like inverted commas, the, the, the woo-woo-ness of um, non, 
how do you say, non-defined terms. But how do you relate, would you say, in the sense of a religiosity? Um, yeah, your perspective within that for anyone that could ask. I mean, I'm very interested in all religions. Um, but for me, I'm not practicing any I would say I'm way more like at this point I am very much drawn to the non-dual teachings of like Tantra, Kashmir Shaivism, uh, but it also links to like the Sufi, Sufi teachings, and there's just something for me present there in the moment that's really connecting with the heart, and that's what I feel I need in this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's that's my point on that. For that's now. All you if something say. else springs to mind, I'll just jump in but. yeah i mean it's again um the rigidity of dogma and ideology that i feel um you know it's like the cage of zealots that's always something i've instinctively been repulsed by um like pushed away um in my life but in recent years i've become intrigued by kind of the communication for instance um in uh, christianity that they're is something being communicated that I feel is lost in the the drab rote repetition of the church. Yeah. Um, I think also that has to do with the outward projection of, oh, there is a God in the sky, and it's this outward kind of like appreciation. Again, literalism, yeah. like the, the, well, the curse I believe, of humanity. I think we both believe that's something to be found that's present within us and within all of, all of mm. everything mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. world. Well, yeah, it's the the essence, the the flash, the the spark, the essence within. Yeah. And within I even had to do a lot of deconditioning with the word God because it carries a lot. Like mm. when even when you speak about that, people will have their own. Well, I still like feel uncomfortable about it. Yeah, I don't. I think for me, it's become so clear of what it is and what it is to me. And also, I think I'm not that rigid into like. I constantly shift in my understanding and perspectives because I might learn something new. So uh, I try to remain as open and just like try to like tap into different experiences and just see what is it for me Mm. that feels good. The exploration. Yeah, of my my experiential journey into, into everything of like, journey of spirituality in that sense Mm. i think this is something we both also um i mean i'm actively engaging with it um with a a mentor but uh jungian perspectives uh working with dreams and active imagination and essentially the sense that um each person is full filled with their own personal iconography their own imagery the imagery that is in their um their psyche essentially that are their own symbols and that there's no higher authority to say your dream means this that symbol means this it's in your relationship with that symbol yeah Um, well that's also why i believe you should always ask yourself what does it mean to me but again i think we from like conditioning we like to go to others to oh please tell me what does it mean or well it's nice if someone can just give you the answer but (laughs) They it ain't doesn't got work the answer, like that. Sway. Yes. Sway does have the answer, though. <laughs> okay, so we had to stop there because the uh, conversation broke down into nonsense. So why is the answer, Ebony? 
Love. Unconditional love. Love is always the answer. So there's uh, the title of this podcast, the title of the series, Love Unites Humanity, which is another L-U-H, Bachnerim. Is that the word? Is that even a word? Starting with love and working out uh, words that fit in it. Love Unites Humanity. And um, I just wanted to finish the podcast by talking a little bit about love. Do you want to talk about love with me? Yeah, but you start. (laughs) So, love is one word that we use. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Is it too much of a hallmark uh, hippie card? I just went, so, love is one word. It is. is. If you'd let me finish. Spelled with four letters (laughs) containing a capital L. Well, depending on how you use it, it could be lowercase l. All right. Never, always capital L. Exactly. Because love is... Bliss. Well, this is what I was about to try and talk about before you ridiculed me in front of all my all my friends, family, <laughs> fans, <laughs> everyone who was Guys, out here. Guys, you are going to get the true Ellery in the show. I'm going to give you the hot sauce right now. He is so right shy. Now. His cheeks are red right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> we, won't, we won't put this in there. No, we're putting it all in. I'm exposing this is the truth of... Our lives together. Um, <laughs> exposing. exposing unfiltered love. Please, I just want to talk about love. <laughs> you can't take me seriously anymore. Well, um, I'm li- you're right in my ears. You're right in I'm my ears. I'm trying not to love. Love right I'm... in your ears. Let me, let's, let's just talk about this. Let's just finish this off. You know, you got to respect people's time. You can't be chatting for hours. They've got, they've got lives to be getting on with. So love, we use the word love in a, in a many situations and I feel it becomes quite diluted by its use as just kind of, um, I like it, I love it. I think the love that we are uniting humanity with is this impulse that is a radical transformative, I like the characterization of the aliveness of Eros that sense of a generative life force. Um, Love is the essence of our being that comes into relationship with others and it isn't given away to another. So we are in a relationship. We say, I love you to each other. But that love isn't um, finite. It's not, I love Ebony and therefore I'm done. It's like, I, I love my neighbor. I love... I love the man on the street. I love the I woman love the on the street. I love the neighborhood cats. I love the cats. I love all beings in creation. So it sounds, again, to be put into words starts to feel reductionistic. And I think this is always a sense of the formulas is reduced by language. But that's, uh, you know. Another episode. That's a beard scratcher for another day. What about the people who don't have a beard? Sorry. Like me. Yeah, I mean, um, um, whatever <laughs> they call people like that. A man's been cancelled for saying less. I want to read you something that I've always loved from an anarchist organization called Crime Think. 
and we shared it with our first song when we released it, Lost Under Heaven, but I would like to read it again. Love transforms the world. Where the lover formerly felt boredom, he now feels passion. Where she once was complacent, she now is excited and compelled to self-asserting action. The world, which once seemed empty and tiresome, becomes filled with meaning, filled with risks and rewards, with majesty and danger. Life for the lover is a gift, an adventure with the highest possible stakes. Every moment is memorable, heartbreaking in its fleeting beauty. When he falls in love, a man who once felt disorientated, alienated and confused will know exactly what he wants. Suddenly his existence will make sense to him. Suddenly it becomes valuable even glorious and noble to him. Burning passion is an antidote that will cure the worst cases of despair and resigned obedience. It goes on, but that's all I'm going to read for today. Yes, I think uh, love will get its own episode as well because there's so much more to talk about. But this was just adding on to the meanings of names, yeah. symbols announcing it all symbols and the thought forms repeat so we have a new song coming out next week 22nd of feb which is this fantastic portal where we're all gonna become radiant light beings as soon as you hear the music as soon as it starts with this drum beat and that drum beat triggers a heart palpitation that transforms your entire being so watch out for that on 22nd of February 2023. Thank you for listening to our first episode. And uh, if you want to support us and our work, we we have a Patreon. Uh, we'll add the link into the description. You can also um, join or support via Substack. And, you know, do the whole thing. Like, comment, subscribe, share it with your friends, your brother, your mother, your sister, your lover your neighbor yes and we're we're excited to take you on this journey with us because we're opening up we're so excited <laughs> opening up like a little flower in spring flower of life blossom in spring all right <laughs> we need about how do we sign off what's the um, what's sorry, the catchphrase Everyone needs a catchphrase at the end of their show. <laughs>